You're listening to the I Like That Story podcast. This is a bonus series of podcasts called Peace in the Valley. Hello, I'm Jeff Gould. This is another episode, almost to the end now, of Peace in the Valley. I'm doing these, as you are aware, from my shop where I am keeping an eye on my wood stove. Dreary day. Normally a cup of coffee should be enough. I made a whole pot today. (laughs) And I have it sitting on the top of my wood stove here, keeping warm. I am taking advantage of this time in the valley, and I hope you are too. There is an assumption that um, valleys are bad, and a valley is not a geographical thing. It's, it's, a, it's a time in your life where it's dark. You don't know what's ahead. You're fearful. Uh, Valleys are common. Sometimes it's an individual thing, sometimes a group, sometimes a large group, sometimes a nation, sometimes a world goes through a dark time. And then as a world, we become increasingly fearful. And then just like sheep, we start to infect each other with this fear and we are milling around. And we don't even know what it is exactly we're afraid of, but we are afraid. Well, in this valley, we have a chance to look at ourselves and ask these questions of what am I actually afraid of? What do I do? Am I powerless? And I think sometimes we'd say, yeah, I'm powerless. I got something I can do in this situation. Well, there is something you can do in this situation, and that's to contemplate your path. As I said, if there is anybody in a, in a group that is uh, really nervous or afraid, it's because they are following the flock. If there's anybody in the group who is at peace and confident and calm, it's because they are following the shepherd of the flock. Most people in in our culture have no affiliation with God whatsoever. Uh, They have a box they check on the demographics called uh, nuns. And maybe that would be, you know, you perhaps, I, I have no affiliation. And, and that may be true. I mean, it's possible to, uh, to have not been going to a church, but there is still that uh, desire to know who God is. And you don't really need to go to a church to have that desire. And that desire can be fulfilled without necessarily going to a church, although usually it eventually evolves into that. So, um, I think there's a real chance that whenever you go through a valley, there will be a huge change in your life, and it will never be the same. 
And that's very fearful for some people. And I want to suggest that maybe that's a good thing. That maybe your life fundamentally changing is the best thing that could happen to you. Now, I'm not just saying that as my personal hypothesis. I'm saying that based on things that have happened to me and what things that have happened to others that I've talked to. I did an episode on this about a, a kid in Louisiana who at the age of two was in a terrible uh, fire. 80% of his body burned and his hands burned off. I mean, right to the wrist, just above your wrist. If you were to put like a knob there, that is what he has for hands. Horrible, right? Not to mention the disfiguration of his face and body. Now, he would say that that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Which, which sounds ridiculous, right? Until he says that through the pain of that, he learned to figure out who good people were, you know. He was able to let go of people who were bad to him. He was able to vent his frustrations and pain through music. And the only instrument that he could possibly play were the drums. He figured out how to attach them to his hands with uh, one of those wrist things that tennis players use, those things that mop up the sweat. He had just enough of a nub of a wrist on the other hand that he could grab a stick, kind of like a pincher's. But that was enough to allow him to bang on a drum and vent his frustrations, and he became a professional drummer. Yes, he is. I saw him play. He's great. And then that became a focus for people to talk to him and get inspiration in their lives. So it's like his entire life has become fulfilled through this terrible action. <laughs> there is a chance that in this dark place that you're in, this, this valley, that you will emerge having lost a job having maybe lost a limb, having maybe lost something very important to you. It's possible that what is ahead of you, even in this loss, will be better than what you have now. Hmm. I wanted to be a dish jockey. I was. Wanted to be at the top rated station. So I would send out a tape and a resume. And I would send them out to everybody. I'd mail shoes in a shoebox. And the program director would open it up and I'd say, now that I got my foot in the door, ooh, ooh or I'd put my tape inside a two-by-four with a leather thong 
And then I said, now that I got your attention, finally, somebody got a hold of me, or I got a hold of them. And he said, oh, yes, I remember you. Do you have a few minutes? Mm, yes, I do. He said, good, because you're terrible. You're terrible. I remember how angry I was in that valley. And I said, God, you are now in charge of my career. Now, what that meant to me was that God would take over and the phone would ring and the program director from a large station would call me up and say, Jeff, I've lost your tape in the stack. I finally found you. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was that the next day, uh, the sales manager said, Jeff, what do you think about radio sales? Now, I didn't want to be a salesperson. Not at all. But I said, tell me more. Now, that led to another job, led to another job, led to another job, led to where I am right now. And each step along the way has exceeded anything I would have planned for myself. By letting go of my own trajectory, I was led into some dark uh, places, other valleys, other hills, other opportunities to learn and here I am right now. And no, I'm not a multimillionaire, right? I think that's what is um, you know, frustrating to people who read books is that uh, they read books by this Olympian or this you know, billionaire or this guy who you know, has his, the amount of money as a small country or is super famous. And you read their books and you go, well, yeah, you made it. How is that encouraging to me? Well, I, I feel like my job is to tell you that you don't need to be one out of a billion to have peace and calm and success and contentment. Uh, I will be I am fine. I am content. I, I am doing what I'm supposed to do. Right now, I am supposed to tell you that it will be fine. And the fact that I am nobody is hopefully an encouragement to you because you don't have to be anybody that the world would know to have the peace and confidence of doing what you were made to do. And this is a difficult place for us to face, especially if we're going on a long-term trajectory, right? So let's just say that, you know, um, I'll, I'll talk about sales. I talked to a guy who was 
a horrible salesperson. Now, salespeople make straight commission, and it really is no risk to hire a salesperson because if they don't sell anything, you don't have to pay them anything. And there are in the world of sales, and maybe you are a person and know what I'm talking about with this, there's always three or four guys in the office, and they are at the bottom third. They don't make much money. They, they don't have any success. Their paychecks are minuscule, and they won't leave. And you're like, geez, buddy, you're, you're starving over there. And they become more embittered because they see other people succeed and because we're all prideful. They think, well, that's because they got a better list or because they got, you know, a benefit or the boss loves them. But here's the thing. They're better because they're better than you. And I remember this guy in particular because I said, he was talking about the stress of bringing home like no money and how angry his wife was that how come he wasn't doing better. And I said, well, why don't you do something different? And he said to me with an astonished look, I've been in sales for 25 years. And I want to say to him, so? But he is locked into the thought that that is what he is. And you went through your decisions that you were going to own a business or you were going to be this vocation or you were, and this is the way it was going to work out. And now you're in the valley and you realize it's not working out. Maybe now in this spot, maybe God's telling you to do something different. Maybe the reason that you're not succeeding is because you weren't made to do that. I'll speak to groups of people and I've got this gizmo that looks kind of like a hockey stick. And I say to people, this is you. You start out in the world and you don't know exactly who you are. And somebody says, well, you look like a hockey stick. So you say, okay, I'll be a hockey stick. Must be what I'm supposed to do. And you're, you're bad at it. You're flimsy and you're, you're not shaped well. And you're, what and how. But that, the deal is, is that that isn't a hockey stick. What that is is a measuring device used by loggers to uh, calculate the dimension of a log. To um, And then uh, this device on the side shows how many board feet are in the log. It's very helpful if you are a person in the lumber business because you can figure out quickly how many board feet are in a log and then you know how much to bid on the log. So, so if a person doesn't come along in your life and say, hey, you're not a hockey stick. You are a measuring tool for, lum for the lumber industry. If somebody doesn't come along and tell you that, then you will flounder through your life being bad at something and wondering why you are bad. Now, this valley that we're in right now Maybe it's caused by health. Maybe it's caused by an economy. Maybe it's caused by a, a firing. Whatever reason, you're here. 
maybe now in this contemplative silence, maybe it's time to ask, should I be doing something different? And what does that look like? There's a woman named Rosemary Jensen. I've shared her advice a hundred times. She looked like Shirley Jones from um, the old Partridge family. And at the time I met her, she looked roughly like Shirley Jones did, except I found out she was in her middle 60s a person who happens to look 20 to 30 years younger than her age, boundless energy. And she said, sometimes you want to know what you're supposed to do in your world. And this is her advice that she gave, which I have followed, and it uh, has worked well for me. Maybe it would be of some help to you. She says, If you think you might want to try something, pray about it and say, God, is this what this is? And maybe it'll be an advertisement for a job or maybe somebody says, hey, you should consider. And then she said, just don't barge in the door. Don't quit your job. Just kind of push on it a little bit and see what happens. And the example she gave was that this, uh, this guy was called, he thought, to another kind of job, but uh, that would never work because he had a house that was you know, undervalued and he'd have to sell that. And he wasn't sure if his wife would even want him to have this job. And they had little kids who would take care of the daycare and these were the three things. And he sees this job. He's thinking about it. And while he's thinking about it, his wife says, are you sure you're happy in this current job? Maybe you should look at something different. And then somebody comes up to him and says, hey, let me know if you ever want to sell your house. And then his mother-in-law says, I am having a hard time in retirement. I'm thinking of applying to a daycare so I can watch little kids. All three of the barriers he had put up in his mind, bing, 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 fell down immediately. And he applied to the job. And, and this is the thing that she said, that if you pray about it and all the doors fly open and the barriers go down, now you must be obedient and you have to do it because if you don't apply, now you are being disobedient to God and you don't want to do that. So in my life, I have seen that personally three different times. And each time barriers have come up and each time I said, well, and then the barriers go down and then I jump in. And if you think this has been terrifying, you were exactly right. But it has been far more than I could have expected. Now, 
we are getting close to the end of this series I'm giving on peace in the valley. I feel like, although it seems strange to say, I'll just tell you. Before I started this series, I wasn't sure exactly what I should do in this coronavirus situation because all of my opportunities canceled. I had no place to speak and I have nothing to do. And I have other options. Should I, should I write some more? Should I do this, do that? Should I fix stuff around the house? What should I do? So I did something which I've done only a few times in my life and as a little counter to my uh, background, but I did a three-day prayer fast, which I hated to do, by the way, because, oh boy, do I get hangry. I love to eat, but I did it for three days. And what came from this was this idea that I should do these podcasts. And I should do them the exact way I am doing them. Just me in my wood shop, checking the stove, speaking to you the first part of my day. Immediately, I thought, that's a stupid idea. Stupid. Who's going to listen to you? Who's this going to help? Honestly, I still feel that way. Part of the things in that prayer fast was a text from one of my daughters who said, Dad, I was reading this in a book. I was thinking of you, and I think this is something you should hear. And the author said, everybody is made to do something. And maybe it's bacon pies, maybe it's taking care of babies, maybe it's writing, maybe it's ceramics, maybe it's art, painting. But if you were made to do it, you need to do it. And it doesn't matter what the world says about it. Artists do not make art because they want a lot of people to love their art. They paint or sculpt because they have to, because that's what they were made to do. What you were made to do, you need to do. And yeah, it'd be great if, it'd be awesome if 200 million people heard this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not why I did it. If you've made it this far along, I guess I did it for you. And if it helped you, I'm happy to do it. I wasn't doing anything anyway. If in the course of listening to these podcasts, you've heard me open up myself and my flaws and my vulnerabilities to you about how I have had some peace in the valley and the hope that something out of this 
would help you in your valley and that maybe you could help somebody else and that person could help somebody else. That's what I want to do. It's what I need to do. You in your valley may being may be being directed to go a different way once you leave this valley. And as I say that now, if you think of all of the obstacles against you doing that, some of those will be just fear, but some of them will be legitimate, right? I mean, you, you got to sell the house, so you actually do need a st strategy to watch the kids, or if your spouse isn't on board with this, this is going to be difficult. Those are legitimate things. But if after you do that, if those things take care of themselves, then God has something for you that is so superior to any of your thoughts and plans for yourself. You think that you know yourself, but God knows you. And His plan for you is not one of mediocrity. It is a double portion. It is full and delightful and wonderful. You just got to do it. I'm Jeff Gould. God bless you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.